Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast. For any of you listening at the moment, and I know there is so many women who are listening who have an idea, have some form of passion, but they just don't know how to specifically jump to the next step. And the reason I've brought on our next guest for today is really because she's done it in a way where if you are a mum, if you are struggling, if you don't have a lot of money in the bank and you just don't know how, well, my guest has had all of those issues. And if her story, if her know-how, if her insights can bridge that gap for you to go from where you are to the next chapter of taking that leap and turning your passion into a profession, then you really want to pay close attention to our interview today. I have with me the wonderful, beautiful Lisa Vogel, who is the co-founder of Verona Collection, which is an online store that sells modest and fashionable clothing. And the whole reason why Verona Collection started was because Lisa herself converted to Islam in 2011, couldn't find fashionable or affordable clothing and realized that there was a gap in the market. So she fulfilled the gap, co-founded Verona Collection, And the brand stands for a lot more than just selling clothes. It stands for women's empowerment, standing up and taking pride in one's Muslim identity. And get this, it's the first modest clothing line. In other words, it sells hijabs to a US major department store called Macy's. So Macy's now sell hijabs. Thanks to Verona Collection, which is thanks to the co-founder, Lisa Vogel. Welcome to Unbox Your Gift. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, this is a real treat because you have majorly created a stir in the industry. Not mm-hmm. only, you only started Verona Collection in 2015. That's correct. Yeah, 2015. And Marshall, your success has just been like, what do you think is, before I even go back into your story, because I'm going to start with your story, but I'm just, what do you think has been the success? Why? 2015 to 2018, what has contributed to such a, you know, such a beautiful acceleration of the work that you've been doing in the world? Well, I mean, first and foremost, like I have a really solid team. Like I do get a lot of the recognition um, as being like the co-founder, but I have two other partners that are amazing and we're equally as hard as me. So I have a really solid and awesome business partners. Um, But I think like my biggest thing is I'm the most determined person you're ever going to meet. Like I don't take no for an answer. Like if, if I can't figure out how to do it, like I will be up all night, like researching and learning and absorbing information, going to people that can help me. So like, if I have a goal in mind, like it's not a question of like, like, can I do this? It's like, when will I get this done? Like, I'm going to get it done. So it's a, it's a, for me, it's, I'm just a very determined person. I always have been. It's just in my nature. Oh, I love that. I love, okay, so take me back, Lisa, to when you had, what, what, number one, you converted to Islam in 2011. Can I mm-hmm. ask? Because this really, that, that conversion was what kind it's of compelled yeah. everything. So what, 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 was, what triggered the conversion to Islam? So, uh, well, I'll try to summarize because now you're talking about like 10 years of my life. <laughs> I know we only have like 30 minutes. <laughs> so, um, but like I, to summarize, like I, I went to business school and I got a business degree. I did the whole, you know, like 
what it's ingrained in our heads and doing the like uh, safe option, I guess you could say. But like in between the college, I took a year off and I went and traveled and lived in Morocco for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I taught English there and I, and I lived with a Moroccan family and I wore hijab and like an abaya, but it was like all for the purpose of respecting the locals there. It wasn't anything religious or any meaning behind it. It was purely respect. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward, I graduate college and then I I get into a really good job and I was making decent money. I wasn't happy. I wasn't doing what I loved. So I quit my job and I moved to Florida and I decided to go to photography school, which was, you know, I've always been a very artistic person. So I was like, this is going to be more who I am and I'm going to be happier. Uh, while in photography school, um, we were given a project, it was for editing, the purpose of learning our editing uh, software. So we, the, the subject and what I could do as far as a um, two minute documentary, the subject was open. And I decided to uh, interview women on why they wear the hijab, because I was like, I wore it, let me understand what's the purpose behind it. Um, so I started interviewing with some women and I was really interested in their answers. You know, it made me, think of modesty and the hijab differently from how I viewed it as an American woman. It was always viewed in a very different light. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Um, so I got very interested and I started researching Islam on my own and I made the decision to convert nine months later. Nine months later. Yeah. Well, you are determined. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and so like when I get really interested in something, like I was like watching YouTube videos, I would go, I was like reading books on Islam and I was like going to scholars and asking all these questions because I was like, for me, like if I'm doing something, I want it to be very sincere mm -hmm. um, and a hundred percent for me and for no one else. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to the masjid by myself. No one was with me. And I asked the first woman, I said, I want to take my Shahada, which is the declaration of faith. And, and I didn't realize how much of a big deal it was going to be at the masjid, but like the entire mosque, like swarmed around me. <laughs> like, I was like, well, I didn't realize this is a big deal. Like this is just me personally between me and God. Wow. And um, yeah, I took my Shahada. And then from there, my journey in Islam started. And I, and the one thing that's kind of people are shocked about is before I took my Shahada, I knew I was, I knew I was going to, and I wanted to like fully do everything with what's asked of me. And I started wearing the hijab before I took my Shahada. So that's always shocking to people. Cause I was like, and I, I went to a trip to New York and I was like, I felt because it was such a diverse place. I was like, this is where I'll get my courage to put my hijab on because I'll blend in more, you know? So I put my hijab on and from there it's, I changed how I dressed and. Did it make you feel different putting on the hijab as people like did, what, what feeling does it give you? The first time when I was in New York, I felt comfortable because I was like, no one knows me. Like I'm blending in like everybody. There's so much of a diverse um, crowd here. So I didn't take a lot of courage then. What took a lot of courage was when I flew back and I had to go to the same photography class and everyone's going to see why are you coming in without a scarf one day and now you're wearing a scarf. And I even had a friend and I'll never forget this. I walked back into the hallway and he started laughing at me. And it was, it was, it was, a, it wasn't a laugh. Like it was a lot, like a humiliating type of a laugh. 
And it was very emotional for me because it, because what I was doing, I was very sincere in my heart. Right. Mm. And, um, and I'm like, and I got ridiculed in a way. Mm. And, but I'm glad I went through that because it helped make me who I am and like make me believe in what I'm doing that much more. Um, because women need the confidence to be able to dress how they want to dress. And like, I always, I always like, ex- like to explain when I'm talking about hijab, I'm not here to tell people wear the hijab or don't wear the hijab. I'm telling people to be proud of however they want to choose to dress or however, who they want to be. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's important to me. Be proud of who you are and what you believe in and, and own it, you know? Mm-mm. And so when people look at you wearing the hijab and they, do you ever feel like, I don't know, stared at? Oh, I guess, so like, I don't notice it at all, but like, if I'm with like my family, they'll be like, they can't stop looking at you, but I don't like, and I think, I think it kind of confuses people because like, you can clearly tell like I'm Caucasian, but I'm wearing a scarf and it's not necessarily a combination you see that often. And so it really confuses people. The most time people get the most confused is if I'm in like at the gym and I'm in the locker room and I don't have my scarf on and I put my scarf on. (laughs) So it definitely like people, you know, I get a lot of weird comments a lot, but I'm okay. I'm now I've now it's like it doesn't even phase me it's part of you, who you are it's just it's a, part of who I am yeah like putting the top on you put the hijab and it's just like you know putting this is, this is on. I don't even think about it yeah great so you've you've taken the shahada you've converted to Islam you've put on the hijab and mm-hmm. you're looking for clothes <laughs> yeah and then I'm like I'm like my outfits are horrible because I'm like I'm like you have to like um go to like tj maxx which is like i don't think you guys have that there it's like a kind of like a discount place because that way you can sort through like all these different items um and so you're always looking for these long sleeve shirts and then you have to and then they're tight so then you find another shirt that's loose to go over it and it just looked horrible Mm. so i'm like you know and then um but I actually, I didn't, I didn't start designing right then and there. I, because I was in photography school, I started doing photo shoots with other modest fashion bloggers. My like good friend who's now, she's blown up, mashallah. Her name's Yaz Estaz. Um, At the time, she only had like 20,000 followers. Now she has like 700,000 followers. And we kind of teamed up and did a lot of photo shoots. So I was working in the modest fashion industry from a photographer, like a, as a photographer for a while wow. before I started designing okay and so so you go you can't find clothes and then did you start designing it in your like your apartment yeah so basically (laughs) I um I ended up meeting um I knew I wanted to open up a clothing store and I ended up subhanallah I met my partner uh during Ramadan in 2014 and she was just opening up a clothing brand and she's Muslim and it was a modest fashion brand we're like, wow, we could pair together and do some like really amazing things. And we did. And um, it was out of our house. And it was, we literally started shipping out of our closet. And yeah. And within two weeks, we sold out and had to expand. Um, it was even might have been less than like maybe like a, a week or something. Like it blew up faster than we even wow. anticipated. Yeah. You had to go from your bedroom to your lounge room to really like, <laughs> and then you <laughs> 
three months. I went from the, I went from our, my closet. Then we had to move over to her house and took over like her living room. And then from there, within three months, we had to move to a warehouse. Beautiful. So now break that down for me, please, Lisa. So you start sketching designs, both you and your partner to start mm -hmm. your business partner, just like sketch down plans. You go and take these plans. Now, do you, manufacture it there and it's a, for someone who's listening who wants to just start something of their own do you take those sketches and do you take it say someone to china or somewhere or in the u.s to create those is that what happens so the design process can go a lot of different ways you could go and get it sketched and get a tech pack um and work with people on the ground here so i don't draw my designs i actually go through like I'll give them specific photos and step-by-step step, like I want it at 56 inches in length and I want it in a polyester spandex blend and I want it and I give them like x y and z and then you can give them a tech pack which is the more technical aspect of it and we'll tell them exactly where they want the seams to be and all that um, but a lot of the factories in China they have their own sample rooms and you work with their sample rooms and go to get the final product once it is finalized then you put it into production okay. so to find someone to do all of that for you like do you have to be savvy and in the know for someone who's I think like it, you not necessarily know so like people make these like they'll hear companies start right and they make it so much more difficult in their mind than it really is like you can literally start Googling factories in China and then start interviewing them and wanting to see their fact, you know, if you want to fly over there, you can like inspecting the factory for us is very important, making sure we're working with an ethical factory. Mm -hmm. But I think people make it more difficult than what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, find, there's a million factories in China. So find, um, you know, one that works for you and one that specializes in the clothing or um, whatever item you, you're wanting to sell and then work with those and test out a few. And so once you work with them, they create the clothes, they bring it to full physical form and then they send it out to you and then that's where you get to shoot. Yeah, it goes through a huge process it is. Uh, now it is a very intricate process because obviously we don't have five designs anymore. We have a lot of designs um, yeah. out. Um, so it goes through the whole sampling process, production process, quality control, shipping, logistics, you know, working with a logistics agent, sending it out. So there is a big operation now. Um, but when you're getting started, you know, it doesn't have to be as complicated as you think it is. So it's, it's interesting because when you start out, it's not as big of a, 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 you know, a line of production, but as you've expanded and your line has grown to a massive extent from where it was, do you kind of, you kind of find your feet? Do you like, no one, did you have a coach or mentor to tell you now do this, now do that? Or do you just have kind of just, you work your way through it? So I think. Like when you're launching a company, like Allah and my other partner and I, um, we took about six to nine months of doing nothing but research. And what I like advice I like to give to people is I'll, I do get a lot of people be like, hey, can you give me advice on how to start a company? That right there, I can tell you they might have a problem because they're wanting all the answers, right? Mm -hmm. And just hand it to them, right? And it's not going to be that easy. You do have to work for it. Mm -hmm. What you should do is go to someone who's specialized in IT. Hey, how do you, tell me what website you recommend I work with. Then go to a photographer. Hey, what photos do you, you know, you go to like with specific and direct questions and before you pull the whole package together, you know, people often make that mistake and you're like, hey, can you help me give, give me advice on how to start a business? And they just want this like, 
gold plate handed over to them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. So I do recommend people going to specific individuals for specific information. And that's what we did. We started calling up friends. We started researching on our own. Like I researched shipping and logistics for two straight weeks because I didn't understand it. I was getting anyone, every, like anyone on the phone I could. I was calling our government postal service to find out what rates we could get. So we, I took a long time to, in the research process before we launched. Um, okay. Yeah. So a lot of research. I love that tip. You ask individual experts about what they would recommend you do in that. Exactly. Yeah. And so that, you know, that's what we went to an IT specialist, went to a designer, went to people that have done this before, you know, and so that's what I recommend. How much money did you have starting off? We started out with like, I mean, like nothing. Um, we launched the business with $7,000 total. And that was between me and a lot. So you can imagine that's, you know, not a lot of money to start off a business. And that included our website and that included our photo shoot and that included our product. And like, so I'm really big on like using what resources you have and being creative on how to stretch it. So like, Thankfully, the one talent I have is photography. So I obviously did all the photos. That is, a, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be more difficult for everybody else that doesn't have that talent because imagery is extremely important when launching an online business. It's everything. It's your, how you sell the product. Um, so that's a huge cost savings. But everything else, like, I didn't know how to launch a website. I learned. I started Googling it. I started figuring it out. And, like, some things you just have to, like, you just have to learn how to stretch your dollar, you know? Mm -hmm. And I guess the way you've stretched the dollar, the way you've done that, Lisa, is that you just had to work it out on your own. You couldn't pay mm -hmm. someone to come in to do it. Like the research step, right? That's, right? I think that's how I'm interpreting you just have to stretch the dollar as in you've got to put in the hours, you've got to research how you would do it. If you can't hire someone in, then exactly. you've got to put the time, you've got the time at least. Right, exactly. So you exactly sorry. So you started out with $7,000. That's like an online clothing, but that's amazing that you even stretched that. $7,000. Yes. And that included like, sending the clothes away and getting it manufactured? And Yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, it was a very small line. That's why we could fit in my closet. But it was only four, four different scarves, two skirts, and a dress. And that's what we launched with. And our goal was we're like, if we sell everything, we're going to take that money, take all the profits, and double our line and triple our line. And that's how we, that's how we kept expanding, right. you know. Um, and we just kept reinvesting it because we knew our goal was to continue to grow and grow and grow. And our goal was to become the first hijab store in a major department store. So when you got that out, the, the two weeks where it sold out, how did people find out? Did you have like Facebook advertising? Did you Instagram get contact Instagram influencer? So the one thing that we did have a benefit as well is because I had worked as a photographer in the modest fashion industry, I had a lot of modest fashion bloggers, friends that I knew as a person, you know, and we were like, hey, you help me promote this, I'll do this for you. And so I used contacts that I had. Um, and, but it's also very important too. like, I want to make sure people aren't going, I think this is super important. Don't go to people and ask for free things. Don't do it. Like, I don't think it's ethical in business. There always needs to be a give and take. So if I'm asking someone to give something to me, I better be giving them something as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's important for relationships in long term, you know, because mm -hmm. no one wants to constantly be asking for, you know, favors all the time, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. No. 
Absolutely. 100% I agree with you there because yeah. there is a give and then you can get, but not get, get, get constantly. I, like that's my golden rule in business. Like even when I'm talking to another potential business deal now, I always look at it, what's in it for them. And from an Islamic standpoint, like that's more important to me. Like it's actually not, and this is unfortunately like not everyone follows this, but it's not Islamic to be constantly trying to like drain people out and get them for the cheapest as possible. Like I really legitimately am like, are they profiting? Is this a good business deal for them as well? Yeah. That's the only way I do business. So. I well, no wonder your business is done with so much blessing, so much barakah in it because of that, of that principle that you uphold really that you're looking mm -hmm. for the other person as well as obviously you're oh, what you need, but obviously for the other party as well, which is a huge part of the collaboration effort sitting yeah. on business. It's interesting for me, um, Lisa, that when you say that you had relationships with bloggers, you were able to, you know, you could you know, leverage that, so to speak. Now that the this whole thing has grown, the whole line has grown, how now do you market? Well, social media is obviously our, our biggest uh, form of marketing. Press is, um, you know, a huge deal as well. So we did launch a store in, um, uh, in when was it? In 2016. Uh, 2016. And I was like, well, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And we're going to get press out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so like it, it is how you angle things in the press, you know, mm -hmm. if if we were just a clothing store going into Macy's, that wouldn't have gotten press. But the fact that we were the first Islamic fashion brand to be in a you know major department store, that's what gets press. Beautiful. People do ask a lot, like how do you get, like how do I get press? How do I get press? And one thing I learned about this process with working with journalists is, um, you they only want to write about you if you have a story. They're not going to, they're not going to promote you. That's not what a journalist does. They look for stories. So if you have a story, they want to, they're going to come to you. Mm. Um, or obviously you need to tell them about your story, but you have to have a story. You have something unique has to be happening. Absolutely. So if you don't um, have that, create a story. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So that's yeah. how, so that's, so how did you, so is that how her, what, what's that media thing on social media called? Her story or no, her now? Now, oh, now this. Now, now this. Now this, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't get it right. Now this, you were featured on that. How would, did they find out about you? So they did a feature on Verona and me when the first, uh, when the press release went out about Macy's launching us and they did it on Verona. But then she messaged me personally. and was like, hey, I really kind of want to do a story on you and your backstory. When are you up in New York next? And I was like, I think I have a meeting up there and like whenever I was like a couple months ago. And she, and so I went into the studio and, and she interviewed me more on a personal level. Yeah. Right. Because I think that's really what really got more virility out of the Verona collection was that video itself. I don't know. Would you say so? Yeah, I actually didn't do any broadcasting um, during the whole Macy's launch. I only did print interviews. So my first broadcast interview was with Fusion TV and then Voice of America. Um, and then, and then that was my third one, I think. So. Oh, good, good guns. Good on you. So how are you balancing all of this? Cause I know you're a, a mum of two little boys. Yeah. <laughs> two toddlers. Yeah. Oh my God. How old are your babies? They're uh, four and a half and three and a half. Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They need mommy. They need mommy at the end of the day. 
Yeah. So you've got two little boys, you're running a Verona collection, you have press, you have to have some time for yourself to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think really happens. <laughs> so how do you fit it in? How do you have, incorporate all of this? Yeah. I think the one thing that, like, I, sometimes you just don't. Sometimes, like, uh, I don't sleep. That's one. Um, <laughs> but, no, I think, you know what I think gave me really good time management skills is, this is, might be, but I was a college athlete. And um, that gave me excellent time management skills. You know how to manage things because like I would have early morning practices at 5 a.m. and then have to go to class and then be on the road for like, or like we, sometimes we'd have three practices a day. And so I really learned a lot of time management skills during that course of my life. Yeah. Um, but even just breaking it down, when I start my day, I have a planner and I write stuff down. This is what I'm getting through. And I go through as a checklist, like everything's about getting something done that day. I'm very like about being productive. And um, so when you say you, like time with your boys, is there a designated time or they just kind of fit yeah. in? Yeah. So like when I, you know, I wake up and I do my prayers, I get them ready for school. When I take them to school, then I like utilize the time and I work. When it's time to pick them up for school, I do make a solid effort to put away my computer and phone. So then I'm, my time is with them and they don't ever feel like yeah. mommy's always working, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when they go to bed, I'm not out having fun. I am working, you know, I'm on my computer sending emails and like, business colleagues might be getting emails at two in the morning, but like, that's what, that's what I do. That's so, my time to get it done. So how many hours of sleep are you getting? Last night I only got like four hours of sleep. <laughs> like I've been working on a major project recently and I like just finished before I got on this. Uh, oh my God. So, but you're not like tearing your hair out. You're not, like I, is life you know what I mean like nothing sleep kind of sometimes you know like I'm not gonna paint this rosy picture like it's gonna be easy it's not like sometimes I'm human and I'm just like I just need a break you know what I mean mm -hmm. so I do try to take breaks on the weekends with my boys and that's the beauty of living in Florida. Like I might go to Disney World with them because it's like <laughs> literally down the street for me. So like for me, it's really, you know, I try to spend quality time, but, and I try to take time for myself. I don't get it that often, but I'm also thankful. Like I'm very thankful for what I do. Mm -hmm. um, like I'm very, I'm very blessed and I do feel a responsibility on my shoulders and I don't want to let my community down. Mm -hmm. So I want to see this succeed. So I put my, like my all into it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, my goodness, do you, do you have time for working out for taking care of your body? Yeah, I was just at the gym today. So oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't working out during Ramadan, but like now I'm back at it. Like I, yeah. I, I feel that to me is actually really important because I don't feel good about myself if I'm not working out. Um, yeah. yeah. Totally. And to be honest, that's when I get my most creative ideas. It's mm -hmm. like when I'm working out. So mm -hmm. like I might have a design that comes to my mind if I'm like running out in a jog or whatever, or mm -hmm. that's when I clear my mind. I love that. And what I find really remarkable is that, you know, you weren't, you didn't like in the original back in the day, you didn't study design or fashion designing. Oh. 
No. This just kind of happened. And it's like you're taking the industry. Like, you are ch- like you're challenging the norms of the industry. You, do you know what I mean? Like, that's what's beautiful about your story is that you didn't study fashion design. You didn't set out to be a fashion designer. Yeah. It, it kind of just called you. <laughs> that's why I think sometimes people make things seem to be so much more difficult and out of reach than what they think it is, you know? And it's like, you can learn just like everybody else. And I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you that college does not teach you the things you need to know in business. And I have a business degree and I can tell you it's worthless. Like, like, so like really the way to learn is getting into it, making mistakes, going to people that have more experience than you learning from them that's where you're going to learn your most valuable information Mm, I love that I love that and obviously you're a complete testament to that because hello in three years you have completely you're in a major retail store in the U.S. Macy's I mean that's no small feat like that is major I mean they've been in the business for a huge amount of time and they know what they're dealing with and to pick you they know their stuff like they know got gold with you guys yeah. Well, I definitely take it as a huge blessing because I know like how blessed we are to like have that. So thank God every day for that. Um, most certainly. And I like you say, like it's all coming out with so many hours, like even though you've quote unquote made it in the public eye, there's still so much to do in the background. Like, Oh, people don't even know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it's, there definitely is a lot of intricacies that go into making things like this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, even to, down to how things are packed and barcoded and like, it, mm-hmm. there's, there's a huge operation that goes into it and a lot of work. Um, and we may, you know, even though we're quote unquote successful because we're in Macy's, we're still in a learning curve. Like mm-hmm. there's mistakes that are being made that we're trying to learn from each day. So mm-hmm. as long as we keep improving ourselves, that's the most important thing. Um, so, you know, we definitely, in my opinion and in my other partner's opinion, like we're not nearly where we want to be. We want to be much farther, you know? So we're working towards those goals. So, so what is the vision for Verona collection? I would, okay, well, we do have something coming out soon, but I can't say Mm -hmm. it will be public in like a month and a half. So that's going to be something cool coming out. Um, But like, we do want to be like in store and, you know, like accessible to like our whole community, not just online. So that's important to us because the Muslim community is very spread out in America. Uh, We want to, we want them to be able to walk into a store like everybody else and buy it right then and there. So that's our goal. And it's a tall task, but we're working really hard at it. Wow. That's exceptional. Are you thinking of not now, but is it in your uh, sites to expand internationally? Like you could walk in a store in Australia and be able to have that same. Yeah, we do actually get Australian customers quite a bit. So that would be something that we have our eye on Australia. We have our eye on Canada. We do actually have a branch in London. I don't know if I, if you knew that. Um, We opened a warehouse in uh, London nine months after opening up Verona because how many European customers we got. So um, we launched in Verona UK, yeah. Um, And we would love to be like in store there as well. But we also, I think that's one thing, like you have to make sure you're not biting up more than you can chew as well. Um, Mm -hmm. 
because working with a major retailer is a lot of work. And so we would want to make sure we have the team set up to take on another retailer. Yeah, absolutely. Was, you know, it's interesting when you first had the $7,000 and when you first started, well, if you first launched Verona collection, did you do any kind of, I don't know, market research to see if this would actually fly with the, with the market? With the designs and yeah. stuff? Yeah. I think that is one thing that, um, I don't know if this is going to be the best advice because I think that's something you either know or you don't. Um, like, I think if you, I, let me take, let me step back for two seconds because like I had already worked in the market for so long. So I, I, I was like, I know who the top bloggers are and I know what the trends are and I know like how things are going. So I think because I had already studied and worked in it for so long, I understood the market a lot more. Mm -hmm. So if something's totally, totally new uh, to somebody, they really need to take that time and study and understand the trends before they just jump into it blindly. Because then you're like, you're doing yourself a disservice, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so in some way, like, I think we felt like we knew something, what was going to work and what wasn't because we, and at the same time, we're the, we're, we're customers that would shop at Verona as well. Yeah. You know, you are. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, I know what I would want and what I'd wear and, mm -hmm. um, same with my partner. And that obviously is completely helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, has it been worth it? Has the late nights, early mornings, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Has, is it worth it? Of of course it is because like I'm doing something that is meaningful to me and to a lot of young girls. So for me, the sacrifice is worth it. And then as a personal level, I do it very, I work very hard because I want to support my boys as well, you know? And so for me, any sacrifice like that is, is worth it to take care of them. Wow. That's absolutely beautiful. What advice would you give your younger self, Lisa? not being afraid, not being afraid of people like, this is like, I'm in my thirties now, just so you know, I'm like, I, and you look I, like in your twenties, young lady. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm not like, I'm not young. And, um, <laughs> thank you though. Thank you. Um, I, I often think when I was in my twenties, when you get to the dreaded thirties, right? Like you, it's like in your twenties, you're so afraid to get in your thirties. And <laughs> I actually am so thankful I'm not in my 20s anymore because I look at myself and how I thought of myself and what I was and I was so insecure and I cared about what people thought and I like I'm like worrying about things that don't matter and when I hit my 30s all that went out the window and I do things what makes me happy what makes my you know am I doing something that's good for the world am I changing am I using my time that's gonna you know help to change the world and like you know those are the the things that I think about now and I don't care what anybody thinks. So if I were to talk to my younger self, it would be not worrying about what everybody thinks of me because people are going to judge you no matter what you do. Yeah. As long as what you're doing is sincere and it's from the heart and it's genuine, um, then go for it. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Oh, and okay. thank God we're over our twenties. Hey, <laughs> thank God we're over our twenties. I know. My God. <laughs> like I look at, like I have some friends that are still in my twenties and I feel like they're like, Oh my God, I'm getting old. I'm like, trust me. <laughs> like, you, you thought you're going to hate it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 there's it's a liberating. But it's very liberating. Um, it's, it, but I also think that as you 
the insecurities that you talk about in your 20s are so raw and they're so real that mm -hmm. by the time you get to your 30s, it just seems like just get out of my way because you're young enough to have the vision and do something about it. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, 100%. My God. I wish I, would, I wish I had that mentality in my 20s then, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I wish I didn't have those insecurities, but it is. Like, it, it's, that's who I was. And I'm, you know, I'm just thankful I'm not there anymore. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Picked off the list, done the 20s. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just want to say first, anyone listening to this, Lisa, who wants to be able to see what Verona collection is, what they have, they want to order, where can they go? It's verona-collection.com or macy's.com slash verona. Ooh, very exciting, very exciting. That sounds so good. Now, um, I, my last question is that I, when I was researching for this interview, Judy Chu, Democratic Republic from California, introduced legislation to honor and recognize Muslims in the USA. 43 Muslims were recognized in the legislation and Lisa Virgil was one of them. What is going on? <laughs> Lisa, what is that? I didn't even know it, to be honest with you. Like, this uh, Islamic Society of North America is um, a big organization in the US. And an intern messaged me on Facebook and she's like, hey, can you promote this bill that's going into Cong this legislation that was just presented? for Congress. And I'm like, okay, what's it about? <laughs> it's like, well, you're in it. And I'm like, and I'm like, are you sure you have the right person? <laughs> I was like, I don't think you do. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I was definitely humbled and honored. It was like, I don't even know how to take it. Like, I'm like, I shouldn't be in there. You guys need to take my name out because <laughs> I shouldn't be in there. You guys are giving me way too much credit. Oh, that's sensational. It's, but what is it? What, what I was trying to interpret is 43 Muslims that are recognized in the legislation. But what, yes. does that mean for their work? They, excuse me, I'm sorry, say that again. Does that mean for the work that you guys have done as Muslims? It's recognizing the impact that these Muslims had in the country. Ah, oh, I love so, it. So um, they, they chose 43 Muslims um, to wow. say that this is, they've done something positive for this country. And I was like, they, they kind of categorized it into different like whether they were athletes or political activists or business leaders um and they put me next to some major business leaders and I was like wow I'm very <laughs> wow that's see I just think that for things like all of this Lisa that's happened I really think there's the divine hand that's because you're just following the flow I really believe from the interviews that I've done throughout the podcast series we've done over 40 interviews it's just been like if people who have just followed the flow of their innate, whatever they gravitated towards, there was no struggle, there was no angst. Yes, there's work. Yeah. They've just followed the flow. Things like this, like in three years, becoming as big as you have, mashallah, uh, you know, the recognition. It's really from when you're following a gift that's bigger than your own, a mission that's bigger than your own. I, I definitely take it as the divine hand. Like everything like for me is about like any blessing that has come our way through Verona. I 
I test it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that has given it to us. Mm. And I think that's super important to remember because Allah can also take it away in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So I think it's super important to be grateful every day. And I'm saying that with 100% sincerity. So I do thank Allah every day for every prayer, actually, mm-hmm. in such day. Every, every prayer in such day, I thank Allah for that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's first and foremost. But I also think that if you are going after what you love and what you're good at, you're bound to succeed because those are the talents that God gave you. Mm -hmm. So it's about um, going after, you know, what you're meant to do. You know, God gives people talents for reasons. You know, my talent has to, you know, is uh, a lot talent is designing, same with mine and photography and marketing. Like those are my skills. And so use them. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely agree wholeheartedly. Do you do any studies? Like, uh, do you have any time for just self-reflection studies or like, you know, just to maintain that level of spirituality to just refine it and, you know, is there... Prayer is super important to me. That is something, like, I am very big on not missing prayer. Um, it doesn't matter where I am. If I'm at an airport, I'm not afraid to pray in front of public. Like, I do, like, taking time out of the day to pray is really important to me. Um, you know, and that's a good time to stop what you're doing, think you know, get back to reality and like why you do things and thank Allah for um, everything that he's given me and go back into your day. So that is the time that I do take. Um, I don't, unfortunately, like I don't get to go to the masjid as much as I would like to be free children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that, that is something that I prefer to do or like listen to a lecture on like a Thursday night or, mm-hmm. you know, so taking that time to renew your intentions constantly like mm-hmm. intentions is very important you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's what prayer teaches you know and is that constant reminder for me mm-hmm. what's your intention every time that you create a design or that you start marketing do you have an inten- a specific intention or it's just the intention for the day that you resolve to have um, so as far as like designs, like, of course, like we want it to be like modest, um, and, but we also want it to be fashionable. You know, we want, we don't want, we don't think you have to compromise on either. Um, so as far as the design aspect of it from, as far as the company succeeding in my intention, um, I have two to three, like, I'm getting very personal, but I'm kind of an open book. So I'm not afraid to speak about, you know, like even what I pray. When I pray about Verona succeeding, I pray for the purpose of taking care of me and my boys. Mm-hmm. I pray for giving back for everybody that helped me mm-hmm. because I did have a lot of help because I'm a, I am a single mom and um, I did have to lean on a lot of people and have to ask. And that's, it's something that's hard to say because I've always been like, we've been raised to be like my family, like I'm, my sisters, we've been raised to be super independent and mm-hmm. you don't ask for help. And, um, you know, I was on a very hard time and I had to ask for help. So I want to be able to give back to everybody that helps me. Mm. And I do want to give back to my community as well. So those are the three reasons why it's really important for me to succeed. And um, that's why I think I give it my all. Inshallah, that's beautiful. Any particular reason why you called it Verona? Yeah, there is a little bit, there is a reason and a meaning behind it. So everything that was already out there for Muslim women, it was like hijabi this, modesty this, and like had some Arabic name attached to it. But like there, there's so many Muslim women in America or in Europe 
that identify themselves as American or identify themselves as British or Australian. Mm -hmm. And so I went with a European name because you can be European and Muslim at the same time. So I went, um, I went with a more European name and, um, like cat, the capital of fashion is either Paris or Milan, so I went with an Italian name. Oh, nice, very nice. Well, Lisa, may may your success continue, may you continue to empower women in your message and in your Mm -hmm. work, and may you accelerate bigger and bolder with health and with Iman more than your wildest dreams. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been a real, real pleasure just to dissect what you've done. And for listeners listening to Unbox Your Gift, I hope that what Lisa shared in terms of her insights, and one of the things that Lisa just mentioned was that, you know, obviously she's looked at her market, you know, hijabi this, modest that. There's that comparison of what's already in the market before they launched Verona. And Mm -hmm. that's an important aspect to take into account to look at what is currently occupying the space that you want to launch into so that you can know there's a distinction between you and everybody else that's also doing the same thing. Would that be correct, Lisa? Absolutely. You have to know like what's already out there. And if you're launching something, how can you be better? And what can you offer that's not already there? Beautiful, beautiful. And thank you so much once again, Lisa. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And we shall catch you on the next episode of Unbox Your Gift.